1: If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host.
2: Can you see it? Did you know
3: this? Checked, but the punt comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with
2: a shot, He scores! Moment's notice
0: At Here, like I don't, I don't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks.
2: By,
3: Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and Valentine's
4: Day. Wow, really? we should do a radio show together. <laughs> 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 right on. I want to fist bump you right now.
2: Oh Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores. Oh
3: Hello Canucks fans, welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, episode 112 today. Uh and this is a different one. We're not gonna be talking about recent news or anything that's really happened. Uh yeah, the Canucks went out and they signed Godet. Uh that's a big, big story of the week, but we're not gonna get to that. We'll break some stuff down in the future here. Um Canucks Conversation is presented by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. Be sure to use promo code Canucks Convo right now. You guys can get $5 off any purchase. And
0: I think it's time to bring in my co host, David Quadrelli. Quads, how's it going, buddy? Fantastic. I went to Ikea today. That's right fantastic i bought a little nightstand i'm very excited to that's build good. it yeah i'll right. be listening to this episode actually i think a little expensive
3: for me at ikea i'm just gonna come out and say
0: it this was 1799 so bad. you know that's okay. a bargain that's I'm not
3: yeah that's it. not bad at all so special episode this week very um, special episode we didn't do a midweek show because we were prepping for this one um, episode 112 seems like the perfect number to count down the top 10 moments in canucks conversation history so this was a lot of fun putting
0: it together wasn't it this was an idea we had as soon as we heard the 1040 countdown. And it's funny right. because the first moment on our list, which we'll get to in a few minutes here, is from the 1040 countdown. Like, <laughs> this was something we followed up with a guy from 1040 who was on that countdown. I had this idea, like, right away. I, I ran it by you. I thought I wanted to get what, your opinion on it. You loved it. So. Here we are. It's been a long time coming. We were originally going to do it for episode 100, but then a, episode 100 was like right in the heart of our school semester. True. So it and was And when tough. the
3: Canucks got eliminated the same Yes, night. So exactly. So we We were, had news that day. We don't we have did. news this week, so it's, yeah. it feels like a good week. But also we're recording this and I feel like you know, something's going to happen between us recording this oh, and then releasing this episode. So we'll do an emergency combo. Potentially if we have to. an emergency combo coming for sure. But yeah, the idea is like what we're going to do is we'll play the clip. Maybe we'll intro in like a little bit each one. Yeah, we'll, then t- we'll play yeah. the clip and then we'll talk about it after. Yeah.
0: So, so I mean, let's just get started with yeah, it. Number 10 it. on our list. Is Rick Dollywall of TSN 1040 telling us a bit of the backstory of the drunk Dollywall incident, which was number three, I believe, on the TSN 1040 countdown where they did the top 40 moments in station history. They've been around a little bit longer than we have, Chris. So yeah, they got to do 40. We, we just stuck with 10. But coming in at number 10 is drunk Dollywall. The, the backstory of drunk Dollywall
3: that's uh it's funny because that countdown was, was so much fun i think from start to finish but uh, a lot of people had a lot of fun with your clip rick your famous uh couple drinks in rick dolly clip
2: oh it wasn't a couple it was more than a couple it was uh it could have been close to 20 i don't know um we got into vegas thursday night at nine o'clock and uh first time i've been to vegas and we had a bunch of and well, people don't know about this it wasn't just the radio station guys it was all our sponsors and we there was a lot of young guys mm. and these young guys i ended up with them at one two in the morning and it just became a gone show but it, barry McDonald, who is one of my favorite people all time uh barry woke me up at six i didn't even know what country i was in <laughs> and then uh, i had to go uh I had to go down to the lobby and say, Hey, is there a radio station for the bank over here? Do you know where they are? And they said, Yeah, the fourth floor. So I walked up and oh my God. My my neighbors were listening in the cul de sac and they were calling me going, Holy smokes. It was uh, hey, listen, I'm not gonna lie to you. I I I when I went for the first 40, and Mike Whittingham, who's my neighbor now. And it was the producer of the morning show at the time of the operator. And Mike ran the Starbucks as soon as he saw me. And he got the biggest uh, (laughs) coffee in the history of the world you could possibly buy. It was all black, no sugar, no cream. And he said, drink. (laughs) And uh, I do believe that the 7 o'clock, I did sober up. But but you know what? Hey, listen, you're going to take a bunch of uh, sports guys off from an all sports station to Vegas? Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Shit's going to happen. (laughs)
3: <laughs> uh, oh, some great stuff from dolly wall yeah some excellent stuff the backstory is great behind the story like obviously like if you haven't heard the drunk dolly wall cliff like maybe go look and and find the podcast for uh tsn's countdown but like rick was absolutely plastered at that point and, oh my god yeah to hear the backstory that was kind of fun on the show and we had to ask him about that to,
0: very uh, evil people
3: Yeah, Rick Dollywall. Doesn't like quads either.
0: Yeah, we'll get into that another time.
3: (laughs) Maybe save that for the Patreon.
0: (laughs) All right, number nine on our list is Brogan Rafferty. This was one that I had a lot of fun doing because, you know, I think people of this show, I think everybody knows Chris is the better interviewer out of the two of us. Uh, I, you know, I was writing questions down when we first started this show. I've gotten out of that, but... For number nine is Brogan Rafferty, me asking a question totally in my element, asking Brogan Rafferty a question about The Bachelor. And his answer, for a guy who was pretty quiet up to that point on the episode, had us howling. We we do have to ask you about The Bachelor. We asked Cole Lind about it when he was on the show earlier. Uh, We actually asked him, like, right before the finale who he thought he was going to win. And, you know... Like, I don't know about you, but personally both Cole and I said that it was gonna be Madison. Chris doesn't watch the Bachelor, but like I was all over that. I thought it was gonna be Madison.
5: Yeah, Cole might have been a bit biased because uh, some of the boys did a bachelor draft and Cole picked Madison first overall in the first round.
0: <laughs> oh, he was so, telling us about that. That he yeah, that was yeah. like yeah, that was his horse in the race right from so the
5: So I I actually wasn't allowed in the draft because I, my fiance knows about the, the, um, the the spoiler account on Twitter reality. (laughs) So I am very well aware of like what was happening before the season even started. So anyway, so Cole picked that pick Madison. So he was pretty biased about her. Um, I thought she was going to win as well. I thought the whole thing about his mom talk, Oh, bring her back. Whatever it was about Madison. Yeah. Yeah plot twist, it was about Hannah Ann, which is pretty interesting, because you know, the the whole uh, pretty bad season, to be honest, like, I I thought Peter's mom made a fool of herself and kind of blew up the whole thing between Peter and Matt. I think she was threatened by Matt Hot with how saved in her morals and how strong of a woman she was, but... <laughs>
0: Yeah, I no. Mean, Hannah that's Ann, a good review. That's a great review. <laughs> uh,
5: I uh I respected Hannah Ann more than I ever did during the whole show <laughs> when she lit up Peter for breaking off the engagement. Like oh, when she 100%. showed when she showed some strength and like some some independence and, and kind of stood up for herself. You got broke. I totally agree with everything she said. Like that I respected her a lot. Like both girls were were great options, I think. If I was in Peter's situation, I would have probably not proposed to Hannah Ann. I would have, I would have gone. But um, that's reality TV, and that's why they keep <laughs> bringing us back every season, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like we were talking about it, and yeah, I think Peter was really—he he lost the season. Like I, that was—it was a bad season because it just like Peter, Peter blew it. That you, there's no other way to say it.
5: I couldn't believe how how upset Peter's mom was that he broke it off with Mad with Hannah and he wanted to pursue Madison. Like Madison was at the first one-on-one with Peter's parents when they renewed their vows. That's a pretty intimate moment, and yeah. like they they seem to get along very well and stuff like that. And the fact that Peter's mom was so upset at the end about it, it was just kind of I think that was more TV than it was reality, like what she actually was feeling, but. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> the show sucks, but I'll watch it next season. Whatever. <laughs>
3: yeah, you you mentioned earlier that you know some of the girlfriends kind of force force their guys to watch it. You sound like one of the guys that just goes out and watches on his own, Brogan.
5: <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually I've watched. I've been I've been dating my fiance before we got engaged for two years, and I watched uh, last season The Bachelorette with Hannah, and then I watched this season. So those these are the only two seasons I've watched. But I mean, I've kind of picked up on you know what's bs and what isn't and, <laughs> and kind of what's going on so i kind of have a good nose for that so i just kind of like to voice my input among the locker room and then mm-hmm. when asked i'll i'll voice my opinion
3: okay so the final thing i want to ask before we get off this bachelor talk here <laughs> is um uh what's your thoughts on bachelor in paradise
5: mike uh, i watched. i actually watched half of a season i think it was last summer
2: yeah
5: obviously with my fiance it's just a disaster like it's (laughs) like if you're if you're I guess if you're a single guy and you want to go on like it's a great way to become famous and whatever maybe hook up with some with some girls or something like that but it's just (laughs) I don't know It's, it's it's a mess it's just a way for the show I think for them to bring in viewers and money for the off season I guess in between Bachelor and Bachelorette
3: yeah, so I don't know if you're because going that, back and...
5: That is a, that's a disaster. Like, a new person walks down the stairs and then they just <laughs> drop everything. They, they drop everything they have with the, the one they've been talking to for four weeks and <laughs> they pursue another girl. It's just...
3: <laughs> it sounds like, honestly, it's such a great concept for a TV show. though. Like, it's <laughs> it's going to create great oh, content.
5: Yeah, for TV, it's amazing. Yeah. Just I, If I was in that situation, I would be mortified. Oh, yeah, it's
3: brutal. It's definitely television. Yeah. <laughs> What a time we had that day. Yeah, we were laughing through listening to that thing for a while there. I just, like, I, I've i watched The Bachelor in the past. I had no idea, what, like, what you guys were talking about. But like I could not have given a breakdown the same way that Brogan Rafferty just did of that season. Like,
0: dude, neither could I. That he
3: said, and there was hilarious.
0: Oh man, yeah, he's talking about strength. He was, he was, <laughs> uh, yeah, he was very, very involved. He knew what was going on. About
3: Peter's mother and like, yeah, how she was he let knew down everything. Yeah, he
0: was, he was great. That was that. That may be my personal favorite interview moment. You Getting that a, from Brogan Rafferty. It's a oh. huge
3: loss too, as well. Brogan Rafferty's not watching this season. Of the Bachelor. Oh, I know. Reached I reached out to him uh and, and I was texting with the him, him about that. He said he's he's taking a season off. And maybe that's what you gotta do with the I'm, Bachelor. I'm doing
0: the same thing, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I'm not watching this okay. season. I just I like Bachelor in Paradise. I think Bachelor
3: in Paradise is an absolute I've honestly cluster. never watched it. Oh my never goodness. It. Well, you heard him at the end of that clip yeah, there talking I know. about it. It's made for television drama That's like so new person walks down and you leave the person you've been with for like a month on a beach in a vacation <laughs> and you just leave them to go to this new person just showed up on the beach oh, but man.
0: all right let's get to number seven on our list
3: Number seven on the list. Absolutely very excited for that one. Um Number eight, actually, on the list. <laughs> I was oh, like, well, I wow. was confused for a second. I was Sorry. Like, hey, we're getting to number eight right now. This was a very early episode of the Canucks conversation, so you get to hear me do a poor job interviewing uh, because I learned since then. But this is in the early days, I believe, episode 10. I believe episode 10 is where this one came from. Uh, this is the first time that Dan Murphy jumps on the show and his first time on the countdown. Uh, so, yeah, this was episode 10, and this is Dan Murphy talking about... Um, Elias Petterson and Fat Spaghetti.
1: I'll give you one uh, Elias Pedersen uh, story. I don't think it's been told, and I don't think anybody would mind. But with the English as a second language, on the plane this year, there was you get a little menu, and uh, on the menu was fettuccine. And so he's asking uh, the flight attendant, like, what, "What's fettuccine?" And they're like, "Well, it's it's uh, a pasta. It's uh, you know, it's a, a time. It's like um, it's Fat Spaghetti." And he's like, well, "Why don't you call it Fat Spaghetti?" <laughs> so that's all I've got for you. I don't think it's been told, but there's your second language. Uh, the kid's an absolute beauty.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's a quick, short one. But I just remember that that's such an early day of the Canucks conversation. That was like the first thing. No, I probably clipped something from the botch interview. Uh, yep. That was episode five. But that was probably like the first video or first like video content that I put out that got a lot of likes uh, when showcasing off the podcast episode ten. I believe it was Blake Price. And Dan Murphy, and it was from they were from like Hawaii and Chicago because Murph was in Chicago with the Canucks and Blake was in Hawaii with the White Caps. Wow, uh, I think the yeah even yeah look at that memory of mine doing its thing. My, yeah, look at you go. My brain sucks, but sometimes it, it pulls something out like that. But yeah, the, the fat spaghetti story—that's what Elias Patterson. So mm, you know, maybe if we ever get another Zoom call with Petey, we'll have to ask him about uh, about fat spaghetti and if he how he feels about fettuccine because. Later on in this episode, we're going to have some fun talk about Italian food. Um, yes. We'll get to there. We Maybe we'll have to ask uh, our guests for that one. But if you want to introduce number seven. Well, this is I was going to
0: say, seven. speaking of brains not working in Zoom calls, number seven is one that listeners who have been listening for a few, at least a few months now will know for sure. It is the time, the second Zoom call we had since we started doing all of our player availabil- availabilities over Zoom. I went in. You'll hear me tell the story. I I can't do it much justice. It was it was not 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 my finest hour at all.
3: Some other stuff that's been going on. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks been keeping up with their Zoom calls. Uh, you talked to J T. Miller last week, and this week you had some fun with Tanner Pearson, didn't you?
0: Should I tell the Krusty Krab story? This that's could what be you got to do. Point of people <laughs> listening to the podcast. Okay, I'll yeah. tell the Krusty Krab story. I feel bad. It's so unprofessional. Like, oh man. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> All right, fudge. I said fudge. Here it yep. is. Okay, so uh, Tanner Pearson zoom call with the with like the media on what was it Wednesday? I think so. Wednesday. Um, <laughs> I, I'm gonna try not to swear because literally this whole that whole morning was just filled with damn. I can't believe I did that, but I didn't say damn. I was I was like, I, anyways, anyways. Here's the story. Sorry. Okay, it's embarrassing. So I wake up way too late. Zoom calls at 10, I'm up at 9.58, getting dressed, okay? Like, I was getting ready for the Zoom call, like, as the Zoom call was happening, okay? It was a bad, bad move, bad move. But I had a really late night the night before, couldn't fall asleep, I was like, okay, I don't want to, you know, give up sleep, so I'm going to just try and get as much sleep as possible. Slept through an alarm, woke up at 9.58, that was like my emergency alarm, like, okay, look at the, look at the clock, like, if you're not up by then, you've got to hurry. So I'm getting up, getting dressed. And I didn't join my video last time, so I uh, I join on my phone on Zoom, and I'm like getting dressed, and I have my my phone pointed at the ceiling, but I'm in the call. So Ben Brown, the Canucks media guy, um, or PR guy rather, and all the other guys, whatever, are in the call, okay? And uh, I'm getting dressed, and my phone's pointing at the ceiling. Video's not on, okay? Uh, <laughs> I get uh I get a little thing on my screen that says the host Ben Brown would like you to turn on your video. I'm like, okay, no problem. I just turn it on. Kept my thing pointed at the ceiling. It wasn't going to be on me cuz I'm still not dressed at this point. So I'm like, "Okay, fuck, frig, sorry. Whatever. <laughs> turn it on." I hit uh I hit I hit um I hit yes, turn on video. Okay. I took his request. <laughs> my virtual background from when I was messing around with my friends on Zoom the other night was the Crusty Crab, and <laughs> it had squidward sitting at the cash register sleeping. And I wasn't in the shot. So I flashed the Krusty crab at everybody. But here's the kicker. I didn't catch it right away because I was I hit accept video, turned around, and kept getting dressed. Yeah. <laughs> and then I hear somebody, like, giggle. I had my AirPods in, okay? And I'm like, oh, I wonder what they're laughing about. So I turn around, and the Krusty crab is on my screen. And I'm like, this is what I'm doing. Like, I'm, I'm broadcasting the Krusty crab on here. So I quickly turned that off, hoped nobody else noticed. I don't know who it was that laughed at, like... I think it, I don't know, I don't know who it was I'm not even going to speculate but um, There was like 20 people in this call So I just like quickly turned it off And like Drance didn't Drance was in the call He didn't message me and say Hey like the Krusty Krab was on your screen So I don't think he saw it, I didn't ask him if he saw it But like I was freaking out and then I like You know, I messaged PJ, Patrick Johnson I was like I told him what happened, I'm like, yeah, I don't even have a question And then I was, and then he's like No, ask a question, don't be that guy who doesn't Ask a question, I'm like, huh, that's a great way of looking at it Like, I don't want to be the guy who joins Flashes the Krusty Krab, and then doesn't Ask a question, and just like lurks in the Call, <laughs> so I like, a- I did ask A question near the end, but uh, That was quite a morning, and then afterward I was like, um, I was like I cannot believe that just happened, so you know, we'll see if they send me another invite to a Zoom call. But yep. uh, yeah, it, so far we're two for two. They had JT Miller and Pearson. And I got invited to both of those. So hopefully we go three for three, and this time I'll be much more responsible with my virtual background on Zoom.
3: Yeah, you got to have something like the Tiger King in the background or something different.
0: You can't be having the childish Krusty Krab back there, quads. Jeez, that'd be even worse, <laughs> that Joe Exotic right there. Oh my gosh. A couple things about that clip. First of all, uh, a few things have changed since then, since we did that episode. And I guess that was only in like March or April, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, so the one thing you'll hear is I sound different. The reason is because when, all, when COVID started, like right before COVID, I had just started an Invisalign treatment to get my teeth straight because it's something I've always wanted. I finally did it. I was on like week three of the Invisalign and you're not supposed to have them out for too long and the show takes about an hour and, you know, I got to eat. So I take them out when I eat and I was like, well, I need to have my Invisalign in. So I was like, you know what? I'll just do the show with it and I'm sure it's not even that noticeable. You I said told you all you the time did. that it was you noticeable. You did, but I was like, it's not noticeable enough to the point where I'm not going to put them in. Well, so hear it. I do, I do hear it. And now, yeah, that looking back on it, I don't have Invisalign anymore. I finished my treatment, but Holy cow, that was, that was tough to listen to. I I, told you. I was like, I was talking like this and it, you could tell I had something in my mouth. It was so weird. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, and since then, yes, we have been to training camp and we have been on all the zoom calls. We, uh, we haven't had any problems, but with the at Canucks. the same
3: time, they've also stopped videos on zoom calls. Yes. they Very have. quickly after that interview, actually, yeah. it's only audio now. So there's no know.
0: reason for video. Okay. Yeah. It's actually, true. you know what? Now that we're a little bit closer with the PR staff, I'm, maybe next training camp, I'll, uh, I'll ask one of them, hey, do you ever, does the Krusty Crab ring a bell when you think about me? Does it, do you associate the Krusty yeah, Crab with me at all?
3: That's a sentence they want to hear for
0: sure. <laughs> you. Uh, see if they remember the incident. When you think
3: about the Krusty Crab, do you think about me? <laughs> yeah, that's not a Story weird of David Quadrant. Hey, Ben, why don't
0: you come over here for a second? I got a question for you.
3: <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving on from number seven. Down to number six, because that's how you go when you're counting down a top ten. Number six was a lot of fun, and a pretty recent one as well. Um, This is the last time that Ray Ferraro jumped on the show. Um, And Ray Ferraro's nickname is Chicken Parm. Uh, David Quadrelli's nickname is Pasta Amore Fan 305. That's his burner account. (laughs) Um, So we talked a little bit about some Italian food at the end with Ray Ferraro. So uh, listen to Ray here. He's not a huge fan of us ordering the same thing at an Italian restaurant every time we go. I've learned a lot about my co-host, Quadrelli, over here uh, as we've been doing our show. Have you learned anything about dregs that you didn't know just from podcasting?
1: Yeah, I mean, okay, so yesterday we talked about, he makes a big deal all the time on Instagram about the way he likes to cook and the way he smokes meat and all this stuff, and he, he's got a big deal about it. So I said, wait a minute. So I'm understanding you get the meat, you season it, you turn the smoker on till it gets to the heat that you want. But you just turn it on yeah. and then you throw the meat on it and then you sit on your ass for seven hours. <laughs> like you're telling me this is hard to do. I could do that. I'm an idiot.
5: <laughs>
1: and he's like, well, yeah, that's kind of it. And yeah. I'm like, so what I've learned is, is Dregs is overselling his, his chef ability.
3: Right. Okay. So he's overselling that. That's, that's fair. Well, actually, sorry, I got quads is uh, so David here is from Burnaby. Uh, he's also very, he's very Italian, uh, by the way. He's, uh, so he, I know that your nickname was Chicken Parm, but Dave's a huge fan of this place in Burnaby called Pasta Amore. Have you ever been to there, uh, Ray, for Italian food?
1: No, I've not. It looks like I need to make a trip. There you you certainly should. Okay,
0: so what's the, <laughs> what's the specialty? What do I need to get? There you go. So <laughs> Chris and I get the, yeah, thanks. Uh, so Chris and I start off with a plate of focaccia, and they have like a wood oven, that they, or like a brick oven, sorry. That oh, yeah, yeah. That. And, okay, so you get the focaccia, and then you get a little olive oil. You put that on the side, and you dip the focaccia in that. Awesome. That's a starter, okay? Yeah. It's put you back, like, eight bucks, okay? And that's a starter. We, Chris and I split that. This, we do this before the podcast, keep in mind. Every Friday like,
3: before the podcast. Yeah, <laughs>
0: every Friday before the podcast because it's right by BCIT. So, um, so then, we, then our main dish is we both get the penne toto um, with meatballs on the side. So it comes with two meatballs, but it's, like, this creamy meat sauce. And, like, my okay, – Hang on. You guys
3: get the same thing?
0: Oh, yeah. I've, Why? I've
3: mixed it up a little bit, but he's, I don't know, he, he won't change. You get the same thing every time. No, every you've got to mix it up. Not mix it up, but
1: order two different entrees, and then you get to, like, you try two different things, no?
0: <laughs> he, well, I, won't I, I'm a germaphobe. I won't will, I will let Chris touch my food. Chris isn't sticking his fork in my food. <laughs> well, no, but no, you could put it on his side dish. I know. I, I already
1: heard the germ comments earlier. I'm not letting anybody touch my plate either. That's yeah. not happening. Yeah. I'll, I'll cut your arm off if you touch my face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, here's the thing. I'm making fun of you ordering the same thing all the time. So in Trail, where I'm from, there's this restaurant called The Colander.
6: Yeah.
1: And The Colander is actually quite famous throughout the West Kootenai's. Um Unbelievable pasta, spaghetti place, Italian place. I don't know what's on the menu. <laughs> I've been going there since I was a little kid. I go in there, you sit down, I order a special. Mm. And it comes out with a salad, uh, uh, spaghetti and meatballs, chicken and potatoes, and then dessert. By the time you leave there, you just roll out of there. It's fantastic. But I couldn't tell you anything else. (laughs) My brother one time ordered rigatoni. I'm like, I didn't even know they had that here. (laughs) I had no idea. Well, you don't really need to know. You know what you like, and you order it every time. That's what I do. Now, are the portions big? Uh, yeah, they're decent. They're decent. Yeah, um, because at the colander you can walk out of there with a little, uh, little late night snack or uh, or your breakfast the next morning too. It all comes. Yeah, you, you just fill it up in this in this styrofoam takeaway container, and yeah. off you go. Yeah.
0: Well, well, man, I don't know if you've been to uh, Anton's in Berlin, yeah. but they're oh well. The food's not as great. Like the, the quality of the food isn't, in, in my opinion, it's not
1: nearly as good as past. But uh, the portions, holy cow! Like that. Oh, you need a <laughs> shovel to get your stuff yourself. <laughs> oh, exactly, exactly. And you know, you wait in the lineup for forty-five minutes. It's part of the experience. <laughs> See, I think that's good strategy. They make you wait so you're so hungry when you get in. You're, you're, yeah, it's good strategy, Anton. I do like that. I'm going to try this new place. I'm going to once we can get out to once I can get out to Burnaby,
3: yeah. uh Then I think I think I'm going to give it a go. There you go. Yeah, you you might have to. Pasa more.
0: How many times do we plug that restaurant on this show? I don't know how Pastor More isn't a sponsor of the well, show. Well, I think we have to approach them.
3: If they had Twitter, we would be we would be together already. I Absolutely. just saw a Pastor More post on Instagram too. Man. That's where we gotta hit them up. We should go
0: after after we're done recording this. I'm hungry. I'm getting Chinese food tonight. Maybe I'll just go alone. Table for one. It's yep. all good. Story anyway. of David
3: Quadrilli. Table for one. <laughs>
0: get out of here. Anyway, different story. that was a fun moment with Ray. We, man, he was so much fun to have on yeah, the show. We got to
3: get him now to Pastor Mori because now the picture's got to come out of us with yes, him and Pastor more. Yes. But I know he just had knee surgery. So I'm hoping, oh, uh, geez. hoping everything's going well for Ray in his recovery because uh, I heard him on 1040 so, today. Yep. We'll bring him some Pastor somewhere. Yeah, maybe we should. There that would you go. Be even better. But uh, yeah, we got to get him in there for the fresh for too. Focaccia is a, it's a game changer. But uh, that wraps up our first five of the top 10 clips. We are going to run to a quick ad here from Zephyr Epic and our friends at Mike's Hard Lemonade as well. And then we'll see you on the
0: other side to break down the top five. And before we go any further, just wanted to give a quick shout out to the presenting sponsor of the Canucks Conversation podcast, Zephyr Epic. Canada's source for trading card games and... ...and sports cards. We open a lot of hockey cards from them, and you can too. You can use promo code CanucksConvo for $5 off your order. They ship free anywhere in Canada on orders over $50. So take advantage of that. Again, that is promo code CanucksConvo at zephyrepic.com, Z E P H Y R epic on all platforms on Twitter, Instagram, and join them on Twitch every Thursday for weekly case break giveaways. Chris and I have a lot of fun doing these. You guys should check them out as well. We've been having a lot of luck. We open a lot of Quinn Hughes cards and now we're doing the D Pietro diving. You can catch us on Twitter and Instagram opening hockey cards at random times, it's really hard to find out when we're going to do it because we don't really know when we're going to do it. But be on the lookout for that and make sure you go buy yourself some hockey cards, whatever cards you need from Zephyr Epic. Z-E-P-H-Y-R. Epic on all platforms. All right. So before we go any further into the episode, I just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor,
3: Mike's Hard Lemonade. Over 20 years ago, Mike's took ordinary lemonade and added vodka to it and made something original. That the world had never seen before the OG of coolers. Mike's has a broad range of alcoholic beverages based on lemonade and nostalgic flavors, delivering a totally original take on the classic drinks. And that is the one go to for me. If I'm going to a Canucks game and I'm having a few drinks, I'm going with the Mike's hard quads. I don't know about you. I'm going with the bottled water. That's true. But Mike's Hard Lemonade is the way to go if you ask me. So go ahead and try some, and not to mention the Blue Freeze flavors. We've talked about it in the past, and we'll continue to talk about it in the future. Go ahead and try some Mike's Hard Lemonade
0: today. i got to change my answer. I'm going with the Blue Freeze. And a huge thank you to our friends at Mike's Hard Lemonade, and of course, Zephyr Epic. We're going to continue the countdown now with number five on our list. One of my personal favorite moments in the show and it is some gold from Sammy Salo talking about his favorite moment as a Canuck. So here is Sammy Salo.
3: Yeah. Even hockey. I think anything on the ice, was there ever just one moment that sticks out more, I guess?
6: Well, I, obviously the Stanley reaching the final, obviously that winning that uh, San Jose mm-hmm. crucial game and getting to be part of the, you know, the final finals was one, one thing, obviously. And, uh, then I think another thing is obviously playing your first NHL game. Uh, uh, it was in Colorado, the old building, and first shift I got my uh, I was cut stitches on the first <laughs> shift, so Ooh. welcome to the NHL. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's another memory that will obviously last forever, and then I think one of my favorites is obviously showing what kind of fans we have in, in Vancouver was when the full crowd was Chanting balls of steel—that's that's that's for sure. I I think that might be the top memory because it it just shows you shows you how what kind of fans they are, and they appreciate even you know not everybody can score fifty goals, forty goals, have you know hundred points. Uh, Canucks fans will appreciate even you know the hard work, the blocks, and uh, and uh, sacrificing your body for the team, and uh, and uh, and that's obviously a. Really
3: fond memory. It's <laughs> top memory of his NHL career is when Rogers Arena, GM Place at the time, I believe, chanted "balls of steel." I like oh. when he said that. Like we lost it in the studio at that point. Yeah, no, we, we were at my house. I think yeah, the San yeah. One. Uh We lost it at that point. I think we like oh, man. Like that's so funny because like that was something that we wanted to like build up the interview to asking about. And then when he said that that was his favorite moment, yeah. like, it was just, like, such a perfect, like, totally unprompted. Of the interview.
0: Totally unprompted. Yeah. Oh, man. Beautiful. All right. I don't think you've heard this next one, Quads. I haven't. Um, this is going to be my first time hearing. It. I'm quite excited. Number
3: four on the list was another early episode. Um, not really sure when this one, maybe episode 2015, somewhere in that range. Uh, Randeep Janda of Sportsnet 650 joined the show. Randeep is not only a part of Sportsnet 650. He's also a part of Hockey Night in Canada Punjabi and they went a little viral. Um, when the Pittsburgh Penguins won their Stanley Cup. Because of the Bonino, 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 Bonino uh, play-by-play call uh, by them on the broadcast, and we're going to get into the story about Randy telling it here, uh, and how they were treated so well by the Pittsburgh folk.
7: It's a it's a dream job, but it's unbelievable what it's led to, right? You know, mm-hmm. I've had the chance to meet Mario Lemieux, and, and I've been you know along with the team. We were at the 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 Pittsburgh Penguins family cup parade we we're in it and there's 400,000 people in pittsburgh that knew who we were and had i you know when i started the show had somebody said that would happen i would have thought you're crazy and <laughs> okay hey, nobody will know who who i am or nobody will know my uh, experience but it's pretty unbelievable how you know we've been able to to kind of have fun with it and at the same time you know it, it's always uh, great because the punjabi language is something that's important to me uh, i grew up uh, speaking it because of my grandparents. I'm born and raised in Canada, but mm-hmm. I've taken pride in my language. And and you know, it's an op- it's a great opportunity to help grow the game and maybe a part of the community that wasn't wasn't maybe consuming it before. But at the same time, it's great to to get the, the language That I've been speaking as a kid some love as well.
3: Yeah, and that's amazing. I mean, Randy, if I can't let you go without you. You kind of plug that story a little bit there. How the heck did you get in the parade for the Pittsburgh Penguins Stanley Cup parade?
7: So this is uh, this is a team effort. So we were uh, working the uh, playoffs three years ago when the Pittsburgh Penguins ended up uh, going to their first Cup final and ended up playing the San Jose Sharks. So we had some great goal calls that year. I remember Nikita Kucherov. Uh, was an excellent goal call by uh, me, my uh, colleague Harpreet Tender and and Arnerine Singh. Uh, he had a super viral one with the Benino 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 one, <laughs> yeah. which was kind of went world famous. Um, so. We knew we were going viral in Vancouver because our studio is based out here, but we weren't actually in Pittsburgh. And apparently, it was running everywhere on television, on radio, <laughs> you name it. It was going viral, and we kind of had an idea that okay, yeah, you know, people are paying attention. One day, Nick Benino is being interviewed in uh, just like you know, a day off after practice, and he was it was a bit of a, a scrum, and one of the players we don't know who it was. Just ended up saying, Benino, Benino, Benino in the back. And that's when we realized wait, wait a second, this is a running joke with the players now. So this is getting bigger. Mike Sullivan mentioned it in a press conference one day. And long story short, they end up winning the cup. Uh, Nick Benino scores some great goals in that playoff series. We went super viral. And the Pittsburgh Penguins invited us out there. Um, so after they won the cup, we flew out there and we were getting, we had a connection in Chicago and we were getting recognized on the flight from chicago to pittsburgh and it was just unbelievable that whole weekend uh three four days that we were in pittsburgh it was uh we were hanging out with you know had lunch with mario Lemieux. uh we were in the parade uh it was just one of those one of the surreal moments where you're just kind of pinching yourself and saying we're commentators we're we're analysts but at the same time we're in the parade which uh i look back at that now it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience and and uh but that was kind of the surreal moment for our crew where we we went from covering the story and kind of became the story for a little bit (laughs)
3: that's absolutely unreal and you know what the benito call it does like ring back a little bit of a memory Now i'll I'll probably i think i got to dig that up and run that after this interview here because i know a lot of people remember that but
6: uh So, you no, know,
7: the, the craziest moment for me was that Around the Horn, which is an ESPN show, I'm yeah. sure there's a lot of people that are listening that watch it, uh, I record it every single day half for the last number of years, one day I got from work, home from work and I was watching it and we were on it, so that would kind of tells you like that Nick Benino call was, was on the show, so it kind of goes full circle where you know you're talking about surreal moments and, and that Pittsburgh story that was that was kind of it when you're <laughs> you're once again a part of the story and uh, it's it's you know it, it it kind of set me up in in terms of, uh, of continuing my career in sports and uh, so far so good.
3: Randy Jana, one of my favorite guys to deal with uh, in the media, Vancouver nicest guy and yeah, quite the story. I feel like that's uh like it, we 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 talked about it in the interview and like that's like the biggest thing that Hockey Night in Punjabi. Has been able to do. Uh, My dad watches hockey night in Canada Punjabi. Hmm. Like he he doesn't really care for all the like what the the panel has to really say. Like he just likes the hockey and he likes the way that they make it so entertaining. So my dad watches it in Punjabi. Doesn't understand any of it. So I thought that was kind of funny. And we talked about that in the interview as well.
0: For my first time hearing that, that was a that was quite a story. I had no idea they went to the Stanley Cup parade. Yeah, that's it's, awesome. It's just a
3: crazy story, like the way that they got into the Stanley Cup parade, the way that they were like recognized like celebrities everywhere and you know, like on uh on television in the United States for, for sports. Like it, it's it's a crazy story, and I know that um I know that Rand has told that multiple times uh, on a few other podcasts, but it was cool to get him on this one uh early on. That yeah, that's that's crazy to think that that was almost two years ago that interview was done. Oh, man. So, this show's been on a long time. Crazy stuff. <laughs> that was yeah.
0: long before my time. Well, i was still
3: I was still hitting puberty. Speaking of your time, this was uh, your interview up next here.
0: Yes. One of my favorite moments. We're entering the top three of the countdown. This is number three with a good Twitter friend of mine, Primetime Snoop, uh, regular on the show, uh, telling the story of impersonating Francesco Aquilini. And there's a lot of laughs here, so bear with me. I'm sorry I couldn't hold it in. Uh, Snoop and I are both... Having a very, very good time during this interview. So enjoy number three. Now, before we wrap up here, I just want to, I just want to talk to you about the thinking and the day that ensued, everything that ensued. I want to hear it from the horse's mouth here. What happened when you? Sorry, I, I'm gonna laugh because I go back. I have that. I have that bookmarked because of how funny I thought it was when you went and changed your profile picture to Francesco Aquilini, changed your name to Francesco Aquilini while keeping the tag at uh, Snoop World Order. And you got a few people there. Why don't you just kind of go over what the poll that you put out was and just tell people about what the thinking was here. You know, talk about how Bochford got involved with that and how that just turned into the perfect storm to get your account suspended.
8: Okay. You know, I, I'm not, I was having a good time, right? And I'm, I'm quite opportunistic sometimes. Like I take advantage of certain things. So I knew that... Uh, francisco was also tweeting things right like he was kind of vocal he hasn't been vocal of late i want obviously but um he was being very vocal i'm like before i went to bed i was like oh i'll have a bit of fun like i'll just change my name to francisco whatever and i made a poll right i said I do you remember it now it's something like oh uh you know i care about my fans i need you guys opinion who should i trade first <laughs> listen, and then it was, I think it was Good Goodbranson, Sutter, and maybe I was like, and and then people, I woke up, I woke up in the middle of the night, my mentions were blowing up, I ignored it, and then I eventually (laughs) got suspended, but what happened was (laughs) people were mad at me. Like, how dare you? (laughs) Literally, my, my ats says snoop world order took on the account (laughs) My my bio was like, my bio was like 3 BC, like killing, like, I don't know what it was back then. But apparently, I guess someone ratted me out, a couple of snitches, whatever, it's fine. I guess the people were offended, right? Oh my God, like, oh my God, it's a fake account. But the responses were hilarious and Boch got involved too. I think, I remember, he said something really funny, but it was, it was quite, quite amazing because it, it popped off.
0: So it I'm looking... Off. I'm looking at the tweet and I'll refresh your memory. So somebody okay. replied to it and said, yeah. uh, and said, this poll is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> don't you have people in charge to make these decisions for you? No wonder Lyndon left. I wouldn't want you pulling my strings either. And then you said, hello. And then you added this person. You're like, I, I value your opinion. Please DM me for free tickets. So did that guy end up DMing you?
8: I thing is, uh, I think we come come block before he DM I me. Mean, I don't know, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then, and then there was another reply. There was another reply. Uh, and then, uh, this guy was, this guy was like, this is ridiculous. Same sort of thing. And then at the end he tagged Jason Botchford and he said, at Bochford thoughts, question mark. And Botch, who obviously (laughs) knew it was a fake account, had a little fun with the guy. and me with me. In the legendary classic Botchford fashion, he replies to the tweet and says, doesn't seem like a good idea, comma, no. And then then you reply to that same guy as Francesco and say, man, I got to keep it together here. And you said,
6: I do okay, what I want okay.
0: when I want whenever I want. Don't tweet me ever again. And when I look at that tweet, <laughs> I just think, if this guy was at work or if he was with his family, if he was just like, "What the hell?" The owner of the Canucks just tweeted at me, and he just said this to me. I can't believe
8: it. Right. You know, you know what, you know what, the floods, It was a perfect storm. It was, it was a good time, and whenever I get suspended for it, you know. But I built back, and here I am. So. <laughs> Hopefully, I don't get suspended anymore. I get even more careful about my trolls because uh, people will report me. My but I think that was
0: <laughs> my favorites When you change was a there breaking nine one one when you change your profile picture of that and you just post the most outrageous news stories. I think that was when you did the uh, the Surrey BC one and people replied like Surrey's not going to host the
8: NHL hub city. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Dude, then I I, then I commented back. I'm like, you're incorrect. I'm like, oh, you know, sir, he, has, sir, he has a lot of big backyards.
0: <laughs> oh
8: you know, uh, quads, it's all fun and games. You know, I hope everyone gets like, joy out of it. That's all it is. I don't mean to offend anyone. But yeah, I'm like when you get caught, you get caught. I love the fish of it. It's, it's all a joke, though. But that's uh <laughs> that Francisco thing. Maybe I might brew something in the future, but it will never be listening like that.
0: What a moment that was. And I'd like to follow that up because before we, or after we recorded that, he did the Breaking 911 and got people talking about strippers for Thatcher Demko. That's right. (laughs) That was a huge one, too. That one blew up. Get snooped, man. Oh my gosh. All right. That was th- so coming in at number three is Snoop right there. And that was, that was so much fun. Chris, do you want to intro set up number two and number one? Because we have two legends to close out the show. Absolutely. We will. Uh,
3: Yeah. We didn't even really think about this uh, looking at the list now, but number two um, was an incredible conversation that we were gonna, able to have with hall of famer, Tony Gallagher, uh, obviously, he's brought some incredible um, audio clips to the radio in the past with his time with the Team 1040 and TSN 1040. And we got one of those, I think, on the show here when he was talking about Louis Erickson's contract. So without further ado, here's number two on the list, Tony Gallagher talking about Louis.
0: Tony, final Canucks question. Are the Canucks cursed?
1: (laughs) Very good question. Many times I've thought they have been. <laughs> Many times I do think they still have been. When I see someone like Louis Erickson, I think, how can you perceive anything but, you know? But, uh, uh, you know, it's uh, very odd. It's it's like Louis just totally forgot how to play. Either that or checked with his banker and retired. Uh, <laughs> it's really, really hard to figure out how a guy like that falls off a cliff so completely Mm -hmm. however it's happened before and happens to a lot of free agents and uh so i i just uh i don't think there are such things as curses i'm sure they're not in fact but uh from the fans
3: perspective you certainly wonder awesome Tony Gallagher, uh, he helped me a ton uh, when I wrote my Botchford Project article. We met at a white spot. Uh, been a huge help and a huge support system for both of both of us, I think, here for the past little bit. And to get him on the show uh, was a blast. Um, I don't know what he's up to right now. I haven't reached out in a while, but we got to chat with him again soon because, yeah, he just... absolutely Nobody brings it like Tony. It's just like there's something in the way that he delivers what he's trying to oh say that like, yeah. you just can't explain it. Like but he you, talks, like just, it's so powerful, but it's so calm, like the way that he says
0: everything. Yeah, exactly. The way we both were laughing when he said that, when he's like, it's like Louis just forgot how to play. That <laughs> He checked with this banker. We were just losing it. <laughs> like he was being serious. So we had to try not to laugh too hard. We but, get that a
3: lot in uh, a lot of the interviews that we're doing where we just look at each other and we're like, that's the... That's, that's the, the clip, clip that's right the clip, there, right? there, yeah. Like that's the clip from this interview that's amazing like you we knew it we were freaking out with the brogan rafferty interview about uh <laughs> the bachelor about the bachelor um, and then obviously kind of a similar thing with tony but th- that whole interview with tony could have made it probably into number two that was yeah one of the highlights of this show in the past 112 episodes so uh that's number two uh we're gonna get to number one in a second here but um yeah i just wanted to say thank you guys for tuning into the list We're going to leave you with this one, actually, because it's a little bit of a longer clip. I think it's 30-plus minutes. This was, I think, two days before Christmas in 2018. So just before Christmas, um, Jason Botchford took some time out of his day to come on this show for episode five. Uh, I had no idea what I was doing with interviewing Mm -hmm. at this point. I was five episodes in, um, but I landed Botch and I landed Harm, and this was like, this was the... The turning moment, I guess, for the Canucks conversation. This is when we went from 18 listeners an episode to the hundreds. And, you know, later on into the thousands uh, with other stuff involving Botch. So uh, this is the full interview with Jason Botchford from just two days before Christmas in 2018. So hopefully you guys enjoy this. I don't know if there's anything you want to add because I think we're going to close out the episode this way, right?
0: Yep, absolutely. I I do want to add that... uh, this was actually the first episode of this little podcast that I ever listened to. There you go. When you started tweeting out, oh, Jason Botch for Joy the Show. I was like, well, come on. <laughs> like, I listen to the podcast every week. I was like, well, let's see what this Chris Faber guy's got. He seems like a nice guy. Let's see what he's uh, what he's doing with Botch here. You so, and a lot of other people yeah, uh, did the exactly. same thing. And
3: then we, uh, we kept a couple of listeners. It's, it's always cool. A I couple. get DMs sometimes, <laughs> uh, from people that have been like, oh, I've been listening since episode one. And it's like it's so cool to hear that, but like now that like we've gone back and look at some of these clips, it's like, man, I wasn't very good at interviewing or like yeah, talking to yeah. people. Or out this one was ridiculous. I remember sitting on my bed. And this before I had like an office. Uh, like I just bought my laptop so that I could like start writing. And I had botch on the show, and I was like freaking out. I remember I I sat there for the whole interview with my Yeti mic in one hand and my phone in the other, with him on speaker, and I sat there recording it so that. I stared at, like, the audio the whole time to try and get the best balance. And I was, like, moving the phone in, like, further away and closer to get the best audio because I was, like, I can't blow this. And I I did the Harmon interview right before. So I went from, like, Harmon straight into Botch, and, like, my arms are getting tired. I sat there but, like, wanted to get the best audio possible, and he brought it. Uh, It was awesome. and I I listened back to this when I sent it to you to, uh, to edit and throw into this episode. Braden Holtby's name gets brought up. Nate Schmidt's name gets brought up and Thatcher Demko becoming the starter gets brought up. And this is a conversation from December in 2018. And to think that like, I don't know, two years ago, it's just crazy. Yeah. Almost two years ago. And Botch is talking about names that we are talking about in the most recent news for the Vancouver Canucks. So uh, it's just crazy. It's crazy, man. Like it's
0: absolutely insane. We say, you know, I say every time I interview and I say the man who built the place, but man. Watch had a huge part in that. This is
3: the interview that built the place. Yeah, exactly. I don't think I get noticed without this interview. So um, it's the number one moment for a reason. We're going to leave you with it. Uh, Hopefully you guys enjoy it. It's uh, about 30 plus minutes, Um, but um, I guess we'll wrap up the episode here. Quads for, for David Quadrelli. My name is Chris Faber and thank you for listening to a very special episode of the Canucks conversation. And now Here's Jason Bochford All right, folks. Very happy to bring on my next guest, Notre Dameus, the owner of the best two hours of sports talk radio in Vancouver, the lap padding, hat tipping, and giver of L's, Jason Botchford. Jason, how you doing?
4: I'm doing. I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm
3: doing pretty good. I gotta say, not bad. Yeah, enjoying this uh, this Friday. I guess the calm after the storm. You could say that we just had last night
4: yeah by the way like also of the Athletic, so uh, of uh of many of your uh, listeners if I could just get the word out on uh, on subscribing to the athletic what a great what a great time to uh, subscribe to there and and uh, enjoy the athletics all the uh, all the other stuff we have to offer because I really like I honestly I tell people like half of me doesn't really care but then half of me is like fuck like if we could If we could get like even more writers and more like I'm so close to being able to kind of build a little mini athletic empire. (laughs) So uh, so if you can, anyone there listening can can pass on the word and get your friends to sign up. Every single person helps, and uh, because I look at Toronto, Toronto's got like 13 full time athletic writers. Like like I want that. I want to rule the world (laughs) with athletic people here in Vancouver. So that's my that's my pitch, Chris. I'll we'll get that out of the way right off the bat. Yeah, West I wouldn't,
3: Coast representative. I wouldn't come
4: on, unless I wasn't uh, selling something.
3: <laughs> no, no. Well, I'm glad you're on here, Jason. And if you aren't already <laughs> subscribed to the Athletic, they got a hell of a deal on right now for Christmas time as well. I think it's like three forty
4: nine. There you go. There we go. I'll, I'll slip you a twenty next time. I you, right?
3: <laughs> yeah, talk to the Athletic. We'll get in the contact. Uh, but I heard, I, wanted, the,
4: I heard you had my boy, boy genius, on already. Oh
3: man, the kid's unreal. Yeah, he'll be the first half of this episode. Boy, genius, you guys already Dude. heard him. Like, oh, the kid's just a Dude. genius. What is, it, what is it that you like so much about what Harmon's doing? Dude,
4: do you know, have you, know do you know him? Have you met him before? <laughs> uh, <laughs> just in that interview. That's what I learned about him. Oh, man. Like, it's hard to remember. Like, when I see him in person, I just actually met him in person the other day because uh, I actually thought it was a, a pretty cool thing. Like, the Canucks decided to, and this is actually – Kind of news, so I'm dropping this on your show. No one else really knows about this, and I didn't write about it. Didn't end up writing about the Athletes. but the, the Canucks wanted to reach out to uh, some of the main analytics guys in the city, and um, and to, to try to start having connections with those guys. And they brought a collection of them: uh, Daryl Keeping, um, Harmon, Jeremy Davis and Ryan Beach and they were all at the game I think it was Tuesday Mm -hmm. all together to meet with a kind of like a meet and greet with the Canucks analytics crew. So uh so I thought that like that was pretty neat. Like we I think that as a city and the relationship between the Canucks and um and that component of the market and that component of uh of the market that analyzes the team and follows the team and does a lot of, like, a lot of the work they do is, like, painstakingly detailed. Like, Carmen will sit there, and he'll watch game, like, replays after replays, games after games, and breakdown, you know, he'll do it all by hand. It's not like he's going out, and and oftentimes just looking up, NHL.com numbers. So, anyways, I thought that that connection was cool because it hasn't always been that relationship between the, the Canucks, the, the people that do analytics for the Canucks, and and those that do them for the Athletic, and also Canucks Army. Um, and that's the first time I'd met. I believe I think it is like fuck. I, I think because we we had an event he was supposed to go to earlier in the year for the Athletic, but it was at a bar, and he's, he's not allowed <laughs> in the bar. He was, it was like nineteen and old. He wasn't allowed in. Yeah. My guy, main guy, but. uh, but I had him working on something, and he said he's going off to Cuba for a week, and he'll do it when I when he gets back. But I saw him. I was like, man, like I forget how young he is until I see him again in person. I'm like, damn, like this guy is like he's legit 18. But when you read him, oh. and when you talk to him, and when you go back and forth with him, like he <laughs> he has like, I mean, he sounds, he comes across, and and the, the way he thinks. It's as if he's a, a man who has multiple degrees, and he's either well into his 20s or his 30s. Um, so it is cool talking to him. I don't know what kind of conversation you guys had, but I'm, I'm glad that you had him on.
3: Yeah, no, it was an unreal conversation, man. We went on for 30 minutes, and like I didn't even look at the time. Near the end, I was like, oh, shit, Harmon, I'm sorry, man. It's been over 30 minutes here. And he's like, man, this has been great. So like the kid's a genius, he knows hockey, he he knows how to find the in-between of like the stats guy and the eye test guy And that's what we kind of talked about in the interview But let's get into a couple other athletic writers as well You, Mike Halford and Jason Bruff. It's been deemed the best two hours of sports talk radio in Vancouver The power hour on TSN 1040 How do you three pull off that power hour making it the best two hours of sports talk radio in only 60 minutes? (laughs)
4: it's hard work it takes a lot of dedication it's uh, a lot of practice i've been i got up you know i had a game last night at one then i got up at 4 a.m today and i started practicing power hour (laughs) but honestly those guys make it and you know you're a listener i mean they make it super easy and and uh like i i enjoy that like that particular radio um like i enjoy not everything has to be a fight in radio not everything has to be an argument and sometimes you agree and sometimes you don't but i, I like like that the, there, there's a theory that some like there's a lot of differing theories in the two stations among the stations themselves between the stations and the, among the different hosts right like some people say i, I don't want to talk about the canucks fourth line i don't want it that's one of the big things, right? Like, if you talk too much about the Canucks, you're you're talking about the fourth-line winger, and I'm like, fuck, man, I'll talk about, like, I'll honestly talk about the fourth- like, if it's Antoine Roussel, I'll talk about him for days. Fucking Utica's second
3: line, you could bring up that.
4: (laughs) Yeah, and, like, last year when Ben Hutton was a hot topic, I'm like, I honestly could talk Ben Hutton for 72 hours straight. (laughs) Like, just nothing but Ben Hutton, but I like like the minutiae, right? Like, I like getting into, uh, um, a, a lot of the details and and i think uh Bruff now kind of lean toward that way and, and there are there are organic times when uh when they don't agree when i don't agree and, and they're smart guys and and uh so uh the, in situations like that like radio is, is super easy and i think that that <laughs> particular hour is and it's so easy we're having an event at the real theater, the Power Hour Live, yeah. January thirty first, my second plug. you am gonna break records, I think, on your <laughs> podcast for plugs. But uh, <laughs> But I, I used to do their like their show like back when I don't know if you heard back in the day when they had the current blog radio oh, yeah. and I'd do that. Yeah, I'd do that once once a week and I'd lose my mind about something and like there's always something I'm super aggravated about. <laughs> like and it. But it's not a joke. Like I'm, yeah. fucking, like, I'm fucking, like, I just, like, I don't you know, even wake up mad. And, like, my wife's like, why are you so mad? I'm like, because Demko's not in the fucking NHL. And she's like, what? <laughs> what are you
3: talking about? He's like, man, you need I'm a like, break, whoa. Jason. I see why you take these breaks and let uh, let the yeah, station get you know involved. I mean? But, why no, over but there? it is
4: frustrating when I see, like, Like, the more I think about it, and this is the the curse of it all, because the more I think about it, the more kind of angry I get about it when I think, like, the guy is 23 years old. He's played over 100 games in the AHL, and the Canucks have this backup they don't care about. He's not going to be around. He's on an expiring deal. He's on his way out of town. And I see all – I see Carter Hart. Like, Carter Hart. I'm sitting there watching Carter Hart, Chris, this week. And I'm watching him come up, and I'm watching him answer. Like, he's actually got the same uh, sports psychologist as Holpe, who's this John Stevenson guy, like, oh. super bright. Yeah, like, I don't know if you've seen any of the Carter Hart interviews, but they're fantastic. Like, he's yeah. done, I wouldn't say fantastic, but he, he, he's he got the right attitude, right? A he, there's a huge percentage of people that say Carter Hart's going to get broken mentally. It's going to be too much, too much pressure, too much this, too much that. I look at him and I listen to him and I think this dude is going to be fine. Like they keep asking him, like, "How do you feel about the goalie graveyard? Do you think Philly's going to sink you?" And, and like he's got all the all the right answers. Like it doesn't. It, you could just tell, right? It doesn't phase him at all. And he's saying all of those situations of the past have nothing to do with me. I'm here. I'm in my own situation and I'm on my own. I'm my own person. And he's a hundred percent on point this this john stevenson Holpi guy is a genius himself i i think though that i've heard and i i think that carter hart's gonna do terrific but it's hard for me to watch carter hart at 20 years old get these opportunities when i know for sure when i know for sure demko feels ready feels he's been ready to play in the nhl for a long period of time I, he won't say this. I'll say this part. Utica sucks. <laughs> no one wants to be in Utica. No, dude. Like, honestly, it sucks. Like, I don't know if you've been It's to that part of the United States, but, like, that upstate New York uh, steel town shit, like, it's fucking depressing. It yeah. is. Sorry. And it's worse. It's at its worst in the winter. Like, I used to... <sighs> I've been there. I've been there. <laughs> Glens Falls, Utica, all that shit. It's not, it's not a great life. And to be there... When you're a top prospect and the people I trust who break down numbers believe in the past two years, he's been a top two goalie outside of the NHL. Okay. If you're a top two goalie outside of the NHL, you got to get your fucking chance, right? You got to get, he's got to get your chance. So when I don't see him getting his chance, and I know, like, and the Canucks are like, no big deal, no big deal. He'll get a shot when he does. Yeah, win. Like, he's going to be a backup next year at 24, and then he's going to be a starter at 25, 26, or maybe 26, 27. And just why wait? He's It's 100-plus games. He'll handle it perfectly. And that it's not like I think the Canucks always handle it wrong. I think they handled it great with Patterson. And I was saying in the summer, like, put the kid at center. Give him every opportunity to thrive. Give him the big minutes. They did all that right off the bat. Fucking took off. I'm telling you, I think Demko could do the same thing. And when I see him not getting that chance, when I see him and I know that he desperately wants it, he desperately thinks he's totally ready for the NHL, it's hard to take, Chris. Like, this is what I have to live with.
3: No, I agree, and I think the fact that he went over 100 games, that's such a shocker It's like, fuck, get him, and he's improved every year You look at what he did at Boston College His save percentage went up all three years he was there He's done up to three years here in Utica Aside from what he started off, and it's been a little bit of a slow start for him But that save percentage has jumped up, I mean, 922 last year in the AHL. You talk about him being one of the best goaltenders not in the NHL right now I think he needs to come up, and like you mentioned with Nielsen like, who cares? I think the best thing that Nielsen can get you back, whether it's a trade or a wave, is a spot for Demko. I don't care if it's a seventh round pick. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted him in and down last day.
4: Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. <laughs> I'm trying to, man. Lap pack. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, that's right. Like, like, kind of stealing my thunder a bit. But, uh, but, but, yeah, and, um, but he, and the other thing, and the, and I've made this point lots of times. Like, he's not going to start learning the NHL until he gets to the NHL. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is, he's not going to start learning Ian Clark. Like Ian Clark's, like, spent all these – been working with Markstrom. Like, okay, here's another guy. Markstrom's been on a great run, right? Like, six straight wins for the first time in his life. He's got a 940-something save percentage in those six straight wins. He's never played this great. Sure. Uh, Woodley was on – Woodley was just – Kevin Woodley just tweeted out today that another goalie coach said to him, like, he looks different. Like, this guy, this is not the same goaltender. He plays totally different. And to that, I say, yeah, he's been working with Ian Clark. Ian Clark's yeah. made some significant changes, significant changes. It's taking, where are we now? We're December 21st? Yeah. Like, the season started when? September? Now, Markstrom is an established goaltender in the NHL already. It took him that fucking long <laughs> to figure out these changes that Ian Clark has been making to the guy, right? Yeah. How long is it going to take Demko? True. So let's get him on. Like, what? We're just going to wait for him to show up next September, <laughs> and then the, the changes are going to get start implementing then, and then he's going to start getting working out the kinks over the first four months, and then what? At the end of the year, he's finally figured it out. Let's get on that fucking road right now. There's no point in waiting. No one, no one has a good argument right now. Not Green, not Cloutier, not Clark, not Jim, not Aquilini, not anyone has a good argument. Not Tomlinson, who always argues about this. (laughs) None of them have a fucking good argument to explain that there's any reason that Demko should spend another day in the AHL. He wants this. Chris, I'll tell you right now, goalies get Screwed in multiple different ways, but if you're a top goalie prospect, how many Carter Harts are there who get the opportunity at 20? Very few, yeah. and that's why we're all like, "Oh, look at Carter Hart! Look at this! What happens to Norton? Great 20 year old forwards? They're Elias the Patterson, and they're playing 20 minutes a game, and it happens all the time." Yeah. Does make you
3: mad? It does make me oh mad, Jason. I'm mad about it myself. I've been calling for Demko. He's improved, like I said, every single year. Nielsen has been trash. He's an absolute throwaway for me at this point in the season. And you know what? The biggest thing for me is Demko needs to see what the NHL speed and shots are. That's how he's going to develop. If he comes yeah. up and plays, I mean, this is what I wanted to throw at you too, because you've talked about Project Cable Box so much. Do you yeah. have another project that? Do you think this is too much if they get rid of Markstrom because he's been very impressive? Oh,
4: no. yeah, I know they're not. That's not. That's all. I see people joking about that, but he makes four million dollars next yep. year. And it's just, it's just too much. And plus, they like you know Green likes Markstrom and yep. Markstrom's the guy, and they, they've. They never really gave Nilsson a chance to be the guy, to be honest with you. But Markstrom's the guy. I, you know, I've, I've come to terms with that. Markstrom's going to be the guy that's going to shepherd Demko into the NHL, and that's the guy that that they've chosen, handpicked. That uh, it's going to be the starter when Demko's here. And I mean, unless they make big changes in the summer and decide to bring bring in a Bobrovsky or something, which I'm still not out of the question. I still yeah. think that there's potential of that. Um, and the longer here we go without Demco playing in the NHL, the more I start, you know, I, I tend to, like, like if you were, okay, if you were from their perspective and you thought, you know what, like, maybe we should get a profit, like, then you then you don't bring up Demco. then, you know, then you got all the time in the world for Demco to come around, so then you're like, fuck it, like, let's just leave him there and we'll bring him up next year, so... Yeah. I, I don't like the sounds of that. I don't want to see that happen. I want Demko around the young guys. I want him around Ian Clark, and I want him to start figuring out shit with with Markstrom. I, I think that that's. I don't think he can talk like you just. There's no counter to that. It just is. But, but no, like Mark, he just makes too much money, and he's not great enough. No one's. I, I just don't see them willing to trade a guy who Green plays this much. Like he. He plays Markstrom more than almost any other goalie in the NHL plays. Like yeah. he clearly really likes the guy, which fair enough. I'm not gonna, I'm here, Green. I'm not here to take away your Markstrom. I just want <laughs> Nielsen gone.
3: I just want
7: to so take away gotta, your Nielsen.
4: <laughs> yeah, we just want want Nielsen gone, and we want. Demko getting
5: starts, it's not that complicated
3: Yeah, no Jason, we could go on about Goalies for (laughs) the whole 30 minutes But I gotta get something else in here (laughs) People wanna know (laughs) Yeah, let's move on Um, On the first episode of the podcast, And yes Jason, I listened back to every single Episode before we did this interview On the first episode of the podcast, You talked about a possible line of Sven Berchi Elias Pedersen and Brock Besser Assuming that Berchi will be returning to the lineup I mean hopefully pretty soon do you think that that could still be an option, or what do you think happens to the top six guys like Levo, Can you tell Goldobin? Me, like,
4: when, when you say the like when when did I say that? Did, <laughs> did you hear me say that in the summer? Did you it's spring or was it this fall?
3: First one of the season of the podcast, so the new ten forty version.
4: Right. So it was September. Right. Yeah. It was like the first. It was because the first one we did there was like the first week of September. Yeah, right? I think you guys were at the development camp. Uh... We were at development camp, yeah. right? And who was talking about Pedersen, like? That must have sounded incredible, right? Because I remember (laughs) myself saying, start Pedersen at center and give him scoring players. And I don't know if you remember at the time, but there was this big talk that Pedersen was going to play the wing with Sutter. Fuck no. And Pedersen, do you remember that? Yeah, I remember. Pedersen had had to start in the wing and he needed defensives. Anyways, I'm glad that someone out there has, has listened back and and subconsciously, I know you were hat tipping me when you were listening to it. But
8: you know, you know. do I think
4: that that's possible? Yeah, sure. I, like I like like I saw someone was sending me that in the last ten games, Pedersen's shots are way down. Like he's down to like seventeen shots on net in the past ten. Yeah, and Horvat's at twenty eight in that time. And my first thought was, you know what? He's not playing with Goldobin enough because Goldobin makes the play. Like Goldobin's whole thing is like making plays to set up. Uh, Dkp. Yeah. So uh, I, I like conceptually, I see where I was thinking. My my September self was thinking, but now you know, I I I'm, I've come to the idea that Goldobin is the best for him. Like I, lied. and uh, it was actually it was in training camp. I don't know if I mentioned. You can tell me if I mentioned this. I think I mentioned on one of the podcasts. But uh, when I was sitting, I had like. I watched the entire. It was the first scrimmage of all of training camp, first yeah. team on team scrimmage, and I got to sit. I did the whole thing sitting beside Thomas Gardine, just shoot about stuff. Like you know, just I was interviewing re- interview, you know, and we were just talking hockey. It was great, man. Like he is, he's an awesome guy mm-hmm. to sit down and talk puck with. But, but he like right away, he's like great. Like he was stoked at Goldobin, and. Um, Pettersson were playing together like he's the he's actually the guy that that called this uh and I'm sure he had influence in the decision to to try them together because and he was going over like rush by rush he's like look where Goldobin is here look where Pettersson is here look where they crisscross the ice here like these are two players who were thinking the game the same way and he was calling out shots like saying like this is what they're gonna do and then they did it uh it was awesome and it was then that the light bulb really went off for me and I'm thinking like man like Goldobin and, and Patterson can be really good together, but you're you never quite sure, especially with the way Green kind of treats Goldobin. Yeah. Uh but uh like I'm not, I'm not like I and I think I must have said at the time, like I, I think Bearchy kind of thinks similarly. Like I I, I like the way that Berchie thinks offensively. I think it could be Goldobin like and I and I you know, it's it's worth trying. It's it's I think that's a better fit than Levo, to be honest. I don't really like Levo with those two guys.
3: That's kind of where I wanted to go from here. I think that
4: they need, like, I don't think Levo's, to me, Levo's not creative enough. Yeah. And and I just just think that if if you got the shooter and Besser on one side, and you got the super creative playmaker slash sniper in the middle, I think you need another super creative guy on the other side I'm not gonna say it's Sedin like it's not. They're nothing like the Sedins. Patterson <laughs> will never be anything like the Sedins. But I do think he needs another like super offensively creative thinker, a guy who can. I, I'd rather have more of a playmaker on that side. And, and Berchich can score goals, uh, but he's like his shot's not great. He scores those goals like the, if you watch him play. Like is is his, uh, he doesn't have a great snipe. He doesn't have a great slap shot. He doesn't pick corners. But he fucking he makes goalies move in a way that opens up holes
1: mm-hmm.
4: uh, that allows him to to sneak those shots through. And he's he's um, he's had a super high shooting percentage in his time with the Canucks. Like I remember looking at it in the summer, and it was like top twenty in the NHL. <laughs> and it's not it's not because it's a laser. It's just because he's great at creating movement, making goalies move, creating holes, and then finding those holes with his shots. So. Am I against that idea? No, no, not at all. I, I tend to think Goldobin is the best with uh with Pettersson, but I'd rather see Bear Cheese than some of the other options.
3: Yeah, botch you're too good. I'm trying to like fill in here and tell you like I was gonna bring up the shooting percentage and then you just go into it, and I'm like, ah, oh, goddammit. Oh, did you you knew that? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to bring it up, but I'm like, you know what, he's probably gonna get it here anyways. <laughs> <laughs> um, the last thing I wanted to kind of get into was Josh Levo Obviously he's been playing on the first line You could call it the first line with Horvat and Vertanen I really like Vertanen playing with Horvat And it was something that Harmon really dove into when we talked about It's it two guys that actually put pressure on the goaltender With just driving to the net And he wants a guy like Berchi that can hop into that first line But do you think that Levo, I think he fits better in a bottom six role in this Canucks team Where do you kind of see him fitting when Berchi does return?
4: Yeah I, yeah, I like, did, did Harm bring up his whole third scoring line theory? Yeah, yeah, he said, well, <laughs> he, he even, he was pissed about Sam Gagne too. Oh, but let, yeah, let's not go down
3: that road, please.
4: <laughs> no, no, I know, but I'm just like, he's too, like he talks about it all the time, he's super <laughs> chapped that they don't have a third line that can score. Yeah. And uh, I, I side with him, like, did he bring up Walmart? He really wanted Walmart. <laughs> yeah. Did he bring up Walmart? I don't think he did, actually. Oh, okay. Because that's a guy he really wanted in the offseason. season. They ended up signing with Carolina. He's been really good, but ah. uh, he's been a, a good like uh, bottom nine, I guess I'll call it center, yeah. And uh, who is offensive minded and and Harm? He actually kind of need like he got me on this one, and and he's right that like I was always bothered about the Gagne thing because they signed Gagne after a season where he was awesome in a fourth line. And he put up 50 points, and then they never used them at the center on the fourth line. Like they never yeah. built, they bought a guy who was amazing on the fourth line, and then they never fucking used him on the fourth line. Like that's what drove me crazy. And then Harm said, pointed out to me that you know what? It would make a lot more sense if one of these bottom six lines was. Uh, and actually, I'll, I'll I'll circle back to like a super important point uh, of of that a topic. People should be talking more about, and it relates to just this. But Harm was saying, like, if you look at Sutter and Beagle and you have two defensive lines in those in the bottom six, then, then what happens when, like, for instance, Dalene arrives, Jonathan Dalene, yeah, and he's not working, he's not working one of those top two lines? Like, where does he go? Like, then you guys got to play Sutter or Beagle or 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 wire, then you got to pitch him back to the AHL because he doesn't really fit in one of those guys with lines. And he always makes the point if you had that kind of third scoring line and you buried it in a protected role maybe as your fourth line then if Levo's not you know thriving with Horvat you can bump him down and with with a center that can still score and he can explore all those offensive instincts he has and for Tannen, the same and when Doline arrives the same and the point that this brings me back to is as a question I brought up in the Athletic in the Athletics last night like would you like is now the time to move on Brandon Sutter yeah. because you're never going to have a third scoring line as long as you have Beagle and Sutter in the lineup. Now, Sutter is on, like, all the attention is on Edler. What should the Canucks do with Edler? And I get it because he's on an expiring deal. Sutter, I promise you, is their most coveted veteran. Like, they, I, I saw the teams that were lined up in the summer to, that, you know, pushing the Canucks to trade him to them. And it included the Kings, and it included the Sharks, and it uh, included the Ducks, um, and the, the, the Penguins. The Penguins were one of the teams. Yeah. That, uh, there was five of them. So, um, so I do think that you can generate a market for Brandon Sutter. And, I mean, if you did that, and you had Sam Gagne as your third or fourth line center, is that such a bad world? No, I think that that... It's actually something that they should be talking about, and they're having their pro meetings in January, and I I believe it's a topic you have to address because they have been playing really well, and you are in a situation where Horvat's playing 20, Pedersen's playing nearly 20. Do you really want to squeeze Sutter into this lineup and have him back up playing 18 and a half, 19 minutes? Because I know Green's going to do that, right? Mm -hmm. You do know that. Green can't help himself. He's going to play at 19 19 minutes, and then what? Then Horvath gets cut back a minute, then Elias Patterson gets cut back a minute. I don't like any scenario where those guys are playing significantly less. All of this playing time has been amazing for yeah. Bo Horvath. Like, this is what he's wanted from the day he arrived in the NHL. He wanted to be the complete, trust me in every situation. I'm going to carry, you know, like Santa Claus in a bag of presents some days. I'm going to carry this <laughs> team on my back. And uh, I'm going to shut down McDavid's. I'm going to play against Point and Kucherov's. I'm going to blow up when we play up the bad teams. I'm going to kick ass like I did against the Blues. Like this this week, like I said this to him last night. I said, like, is this your week? Like, is this the player that you've been striving for like your entire – like almost your entire life to be this – guy to be playing 20 plus minutes to be going up against mcdavid one game kucherov the next and then scoring like you did and leading the way in this blues game like is this who you wanted to be in easy yeah and this is always what he wanted and do i want him to take a step back when sutter comes back no i think that this is all like this is honestly the Sutter injury is the best thing that could have happened to Horvat because he's been out of the lineup for seven weeks And Horvat has totally accelerated his development, and he's changed the paradigm. Like, I think about him differently now than I did even – like, it's incredible. But I'm telling you, I think about him differently now than I did in October. If In October, you told me, Horvat's going to go out there, and he's going to go head-to-head against all the top lines, and he's going to be a -a point-a-game player. I would have said, fuck no. (laughs) You're crazy. You can't do that. No, dude, like, we all would have said that. We all would have said that.
3: What, you know do you what think I mean? it's and changed because the Sedins left? Do you think that's opened up the door for uh, him for man, this as well? This
4: is, this is the great thing about the NHL that you have to unhockey. This is the big secret to the whole thing. It's about opportunity, man. Mm-hmm. It's about deployment. It's about giving the guys a chance. And um, it's, it's what Vegas did. They said William Carlson, fourth line, come on over here. Here's top six. Here's premier minutes. Go and play, man. Go and dance. So Riley Smith. You're struggling in Florida. Guess what? You're on a top line here in Vegas. Dance. <laughs> and he goes out and dance. Like they all did it, man. That whole team. Boston didn't believe in Colin Miller. They didn't. And other team. I know. I know. People on other teams that said we want Colin Miller. Go get us Colin Miller, trade for Colin Miller. And they said, if Colin Miller is so good, why does Boston not like him? Well, guess what? Vegas liked him. Yep. Vegas brought him in. Vegas gave him opportunity and he led them all the way to the Stanley Cup finals. Him, Nate Schmidt, all of those guys. Opportunity. And it really fucking bugs me. Talking about another thing that makes me mad. I didn't even write about this. But Palmu, Petrus Palmu. Yeah. Okay. You know how many minutes Petrus Palmu was averaged? He played 12 games. Any idea what he averaged in minutes? 10 fucking minutes a game. 10! Eight minutes at even strength. Always in a bottom six role. Always in a checking role. Every single time. Go look at all the game logs. Okay? Mm -hmm. And he gets sent back to Finland, and all these guys are saying, oh, Palmu played his 12 games. He didn't score. He never had a chance. He never was given a fucking chance opportunity okay it's opportunity and no one can succeed playing eight minutes a game (laughs) a guy that can't succeed playing eight minutes a game he's doing the best he can he's showing up when he can but it's not it's not fair to him i don't think that he's always around seven or eight minutes i know they'll say oh it's best for his development whatever but there's lots of games you can get him. He, he should be playing more, man. He should be playing more. He scored a great goal off his own rebound Yep. last night.
3: But the it's net, about
4: yeah. opportunity. And that brings me back to where this whole thing started, right? Because why? Because <laughs> Devco needs a fucking opportunity. <laughs> and that's why I'm mad all the time when I see stuff like this. And like, how can you not be mad knowing all
3: this? Yeah, man. <laughs> we know
4: too much. You and I.
3: <laughs> it's 100%, man. It, I love how you brought it back to Temco. I mean, hell, it just keeps coming back to opportunity in the end. And that's something that management's kind of made happen, though, on their own, right?
4: Well, I'll tell you what. Who's thrived? The guys that got the chances to, right? Yeah. Stetcher, right into the NHL. Great. Look at them develop. Amazing. Yeah. Opportunity. Hutton, same thing. Great first year. <clears throat> Um, you know they had to had to kind of whip him back into shape last year. Fair enough, but he's been he's been really good this year. Opportunity again. He's been getting the big minutes. He's played like twenty three. I think he led him and Goodbranson led all of their defensemen yeah. in minutes last night. They're they're using him as a top pairing guy. Chance, you know how much ice are you going to get? Who are you going to play with? That's another huge factor that that gets. That's another thing that I marvel at. Horvat because Horvat's not really playing with top six. Wingers, not really. And you know, no. it's pretend <laughs> is still figuring it out, and they've thrown him uh, fucking Lero, Tim Schaller they for a while. Throw him Schaller, Jeez. they throw him Erickson, like like go through the list of guys he's had to play with, and it's bananas that he's been able to go up against top lines every single night for seven weeks and been virtually a point a game. Twenty five games, he's got twenty four points in the games without Sutter. Yep. That does not that should be getting way more run in this city. That should be getting way more attention. Ten goals, fourteen assists, in twenty five games without Brandon Sutter, and he's been playing with uh you know they're <laughs> not plugs, but I love I, you know, I really want Vertana, but he's still figuring it out, man. Yeah. He's got you know, and challers and Leipzig, Leipzig's barely even in the NHL. He played like a ton of games with Orvad this stretch. Yeah, and the fact that he's Leipzig putting up that gave many him away points. and he just said, like, get lost, Leipzig,
3: you're gone. <laughs> 37% of the time he starts in his own zone as well. I mean, the fact that he's doing what he's doing is, like, put the fucking C on his chest already. If you could have looked in the okay. future and seen that this is what's going to happen, there would have been no way I don't think they had the C on his chest at the start of the year. No, they had, no one knew. And I'm yeah. telling
4: you, we didn't even... October you and October me had no clue that no Orvat would be able to do this and you and I love the guy. His dad honestly his dad, like I saw his dad last night. <laughs> he's like he was so jacked. Like I saw him I was on my way back up to, to write the athletes and and uh, like he's always telling me, like, give him the minutes, man, give him the minutes <laughs> and and I'm like and I said to him, and I go, Tim, you knew, you knew <laughs> and he goes he didn't say fucking right but he said yeah man i knew i always knew this is london bow this is london Horvat. Yeah. this is the way that london used them and they're finally using them and uh it was awesome like and he's in town and he's jacked and like i like that whole like that whole Horvat scene is awesome and a hundred percent he should have the c on his jersey
3: yeah, couldn't agree with you more. Jason, I won't keep you any longer. I feel like Horvath. I feel like I've been going up against the first liner this whole time. This has been a great <laughs> interview. Uh, so okay. check out The Athletes. I mean, or subscribe to The Athletic for The yeah, Athletes. Yeah, subscribe. Hit the yeah. power hour up. Do me go a to the live show. Anything else, Jason? No, that's good. You, covered. <laughs> you don't got a third thing to plug? <laughs>
4: no, no. got to go forget about all this so I can be calm, serene, yeah. and do some parenting. Yeah, I was wondering if I was
3: going to get Angry Botch. i seen him come out a little bit there.
4: <laughs> yeah, you got a little bit, man. You got a little bit. Like, right. I also gave you a window in why I'm so angry. Like, there's a lot to be angry about.
3: It's good. I think we, yeah, we kind of did a, maybe I'll call the episode a deep dive into Angry Botch. I think we went there. Yeah, I think you
4: did. I think that's <laughs> awesome. a good, good label for it.
3: This has been great. And it's funny, you gave so much praise to Harmon, but he gave so much back to you, man. It was such a mutual respect from you guys.
4: You know what? I, like I honestly I think the world of the kid and I'll I'll do what I'll do uh, back him any any day of the week. Like I honestly I want he's going to do great things. He really is. So uh I try I try to help those guys when I can and uh <clears throat> but but he makes it easy on me, man. <laughs>
3: he loves the nickname by the way. He says it's 100% up to you and he loves the nickname. <laughs> All right. Well,
4: whether I I I make him love it. Eh? You know that, right? <laughs> not like he It's not like he can say he doesn't.
3: Awesome, Jason. We'll close out on this. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. As a guy who's a huge fan of your writings, your work on TSN, your work
8: on the podcast, this is is huge for me. I really appreciate it. Okay, Chris. Talk soon. Awesome. Thanks, Jason.